Welcome to Foster Carolinas, connecting the Carolinas to voices of foster care. News alert time. News alert, news alert, news alert. <laughs> oh, I like that. Ooh. That was good. <laughs> How are you this morning? I'm good. Good. I'm, I'm sleepy. How are you? I, I'm not sleepy. I'm good. I literally feel like I have so much energy. I'm so proud of you. Started drinking a lot of water. Um. <gasps> I today. need to do that. I started drinking water today. Oh, today. Oh, her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's really made a difference. But I started, like, as soon as I woke up. It's like I drank water this morning. I love that for you. Yeah. Anyways, small changes. It's the first day, but I feel great. Amen. It's all in your mind. <laughs> Placebo effect, babes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, aside from that and me drinking water. What do we got going on this week that we need to tell everyone about? So, um, well, not this week, but oh, okay, in into the future, the, in the future, okay, great. Um, in the great month of October, we have our concert, our mm-hmm. Be the Difference concert. It's coming up, and I feel like it's going to be one of those things that it's going to feel like tomorrow, and it's here. Oh, yeah. And so, you're going to want to get your tickets like right now. Absolutely, you need to get your tickets yes. right now because who knows what's going to you know, sneak up on you and you're like, mm-hmm. oh no, well, it's already in the calendar. Be the mm-hmm. difference. I'm already going. Mm-hmm. So if you know right now that you're already going, why not go ahead and buy yeah. your tickets? Just go on our website. Yeah. There's a big old, big old picture of Mac Powell. Click on his face, buy a ticket. Um, It's going to be the best night. It's going to be so much fun. I'm so excited for us to be in Rutherford County. Yes. I love Rutherford. Yes. I love Rutherford County. So it's very near and dear to my heart. So I can't wait. Mac Powell's big. He is like the coolest. He's, He's a big deal. Yes, he was the lead singer of Third Day, which I think a lot of people it may not know his name right away, but when you mm-hmm. hear Third Day, yeah, and you hear his voice, you'll yes. automatically it's like oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. Well, Rutherford County, we're coming for you. Um, we serve a lot of your kids mm-hmm. already, and we want to get you involved yeah. as. Um, maybe you're not involved in foster care. Mm-hmm. Well, we want to get you involved in foster care and we want to connect you with different, um, supporters, mm-hmm. support systems. Yeah. So at least these Carolinas, different mm-hmm. other organizations that support and help in that area. So we're excited. Yeah. Come to a concert, support kids in foster care at the same time. Love. Clap. Live, Slow laugh, clap love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's easy to live, laugh, love in those conditions. Yes, it <laughs> is. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Well. That's very exciting. Yeah. What do you have for us, Ab? I think that I'm going to come out with Bridge Camp again. Yes. Bridge Camp is quickly approaching. So quick. Um, We have had, I think I gave a good update last week that we've had a little bit more response from male counselors. Mm-hmm. This week we had a few more. Yay. We still need a few more. Yeah, we <laughs> so do. Really, really looking at the male counselors again. Um. I want everyone to be in prayer for Bridge Camp as well, mm. um, that it goes off without a hitch and that we mm-hmm. are all excited and rejuvenated and drink enough water. Amen. It's going to be hot. Um, but you got to see I Crowder's got, I was just about to say that. Bridge for the first time yesterday. Was Listen, that fun? It is not your mama's summer camp. No. That place is bougie. Yeah. It is so nice. It's so, it's beautiful. People are so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be, it got me so excited. Good. I'm so pumped. Good. I cannot wait to it's, sweat. Oh, and I was heard, I heard that there were some new things 
that I'll see when I get there. Yes, they've been adding on little areas. Like it's just, it's just really nice. Like the kids are really, they're in for a really good time. Good. I'm so excited. I'm so excited Mm -hmm. to be back. Um, and this year as my first time being on staff. So that's exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, your first time being there, period. Yeah, period. And we want you to be there. Listeners of Foster Carolinas, we want you to also be at Bridge Camp. Experience how cool the camp is, Mm -hmm. like just its actual self, Mm -hmm. the camp. But then also the feeling of camp, the atmosphere of camp, and the mission of camp. Yeah. We want you to be a part of it and feel it and it be a personal experience for you. And then you'll see why we just about camp yes we can't stop talking about camp come love on some kids yeah so let me know um you can also go to lotcarolinas.com go to our volunteer page Mm -hmm. and find out descriptions of the positions that are available Mm -hmm. um there are more than just counselors we need everyone to make camp happen Mm -hmm. um that's different positions hospitality um security we need muscle um Mm -hmm. different things like that so there's a place for you at camp Mm -hmm. and we want to see you there because it is a wonderful time do you have anything else for us today i think i'm good i think that's it well foster carolina's family you are in for a exciting time Mm -hmm. we are going to hear from the one and only Susanna cavanaugh herself least of these carolinas inc Executive director. Yes, boss lady. Woohoo. All right. Listen in. We're excited to have you here today. Susanna, hello. Good morning. Good morning, Abby. How are you this morning? <laughs> I'm good. Do you like to be welcomed on to your own podcast? <laughs> it's it's weird, but okay. <laughs> okay. Well, you get to see um, I guess what it feels like how to have the answers and the questions being asked to you. So are you excited? I am, but I feel like we use that word too much on the podcast. So let's think of another word that means the same thing. Thank you so much for calling me out. I would like to use the word pumped today. Prompt? Pumped. Pumps. Are you pumped to be on the podcast today being Uh, interviewed? I am pumped. Good. Good, good, good. Well, I'm so pumped. pumped. I'm also so pumped. Now we're going to get tired of that word. We are. (laughs) We'll come up with some new words, I promise. Okay, good. Well, that sounds fun to me. Um, All right, would you like to dive in? Sure, let's go. All right. So first of all, I want to know, what was your first touch of foster care? I know you talked to Michaela last week about there being maybe four to five touches before you decide that that's something that you want to do or are very interested in. What was your first touch? Can you remember that? I'm trying to think back. Um... Well, I think my touch was different than uh, the way that God turned my heart to foster care was through adoption, Okay, which is not, I don't really recommend people get into foster care if you're intending to adopt, although that does happen. Uh But if that's the sole reason you're like, and that really is the sole reason my husband and I got into it is because I couldn't have any more children and I did Mm -hmm. want more children. We could not afford um, to adopt. uh, I mean... A private adoption is $20,000, $30,000. That was out of the question for us. So somebody said, and I don't even know who said it to me, you should look into foster care. It's free. Mm-hmm. And so if it's free, it's for me. 
and that's terrible because you shouldn't talk like that when you're talking about children. But that's really, um, and I think sometimes God does use like, even though your mindset is not right and you're thinking about something's not right, sometimes God gets you into stuff yeah. to open your eyes. And yeah. so that's really how our eyes were open to foster care. And then after that, it was like, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Once mm -hmm. you know the need, once you understand what foster care is, it it just became a passion. Yeah. I was about to say that was, it might not have been your intention, but I can definitely see that it was God's because you're not a person to turn a blind eye. No. You're absolutely going to do something with it. And if he can get you in here, you look look where we are now. We're recording a podcast. That's crazy. You would have to ask my husband too, because it was like, I was like a dog with a bone. And mm -hmm. I can't explain to you because people will say, I'm so glad that you followed God's call on your life. And honestly, I, I've never experienced anything else so strong. Mm -hmm. I was miserable. Yeah. Um, because we walked away from foster care because we got hurt in the beginning, which obviously you're going to get hurt in foster care. It's mm -hmm. just... Uh, a broken system and it's um, broken and, and the nature of it is you let go of children. You love them and let them go. Yeah. Well, letting them go was hard for us the very first time. And it was so hard that we stopped doing it. And I was miserable that, that next year because yeah. I knew I was like, God, I know you're, you know, I know that you, you want me in foster care and you want me doing something in foster care, but my family needs to heal and we just can't right now. And, um, but I was miserable and I was finally found peace when we moved forward and got right back into it. So. Yeah. Well, that's, I, I did not know that about you. Um, so I'm excited to hear your story, pumped to hear your story throughout the day. Um, I think that will lead me right into my next question of okay. how many placements have you had over the years? Um, not as many as you would think. Mm -hmm. Um our very first placement was a little boy. I'm not going to say his name. Well, if I, we'll, we'll call him George. Okay. Okay. George. We'll call him George. Um, and George was um, two years old, about to be three. And I still remember what he looked like when he showed up on my doorstep. Um, I remember my husband, Sean, saying, now listen. We're not going to treat him any different than our own children. And we're not going to spoil him. And we're going to, all the things. That, mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he gets there. And I remember that he did have a small suitcase mm -hmm. without a stitch of clothes in it. It was all like toys. Like, okay. It was just a suitcase full of toys. Yeah. It was weird. His priorities were in line. Exactly. He had all <laughs> these. And so, um, and he was hungry. Uh -huh. I do remember he was hungry. Uh -huh. And Sean's like, well, I had spaghetti. I had made spaghetti. So he had like two things of spaghetti. And then we <laughs> proceeded to Target mm -hmm. um, because my husband just, he needed some things. Yeah. And, and Sean was like, we have to go get him what he needs. Mm -hmm. I was like, wait, I thought you said we weren't going to spoil him. <laughs> On the way there, we stopped at McDonald's and got the boy French fries, oh. as he called them, French fries. Oh. And he ate them all. And... um. Then my husband, I had to actually fight Sean from putting things in our cart. Oh, yeah. 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 I was like, uh, I thought we weren't going to spoil it. They turn into big softies, don't they? They do. They do. My husband's a huge softie, and he will absolutely <laughs> go, no, I'm not, as he's talking back to the podcast when he hears that. But he kind of is. I mean, that is why I have three goats and 14 chickens. Mm -hmm. And anyway, mm -hmm. so um, 
that was kind of our first. And we had him, we had George for nine months. And so, um, and I tell everybody that foster care is, is just a roller coaster. So like the, uh, they always think that letting them go is the hardest part. And I would have to say letting them go is not the hardest part. The hardest part is between when you say, yes, they come into your home and whatever that end date is where they leave or they're adopted or whatever, because the ups and downs and twos, I mean, you go to court, nobody's there for him. There's mm-hmm. no family there. Um, as foster parents, if you do have adoption in your mind, you're thinking this is really sad, but good because mm-hmm. this should be easy. So month after month of going back to, you know, court. And um, then I remember the social worker saying, well, um, actually, I think we just went to court and suddenly family was there. Mm-hmm. And I thought it's been nine months. Mm-hmm. It's been set or, or however long it was then. It was probably seven months then. I was like, where have you been? I'm angry. I'm angry because oh, yeah. I'm like, well, where have you been? I'm the one that's been coming to court. Where have you been? Um, but right after that court date, we actually went um, into a private room to talk to this aunt and uncle about George. And it was very clear to me that um, they had no idea George was in care. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was weird. But of course, I don't come from a background of foster care or knowing what that, I mean, you know, um, I just lived a very different life. So I don't understand the life of an addict or living with someone in your family that is an addict. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently what I learned is when you are an addict and you lose your children, you probably don't tell your family if, yeah. if you for some reason don't want them to know or whatever. So that's yeah. what had happened. And this aunt and uncle actually had had George earlier in his life. And as soon as they found out that he was back in care, they were there to, to, to get him and to stick up for him. Mm -hmm. And so, um, we advocated for a long transition or a slow transition. And and we did that with that family. But, um, as hard as it was, it was what was best for George, even though I couldn't see that at the time and my family couldn't see that at the time. Um, it was what was best and fast forward, just, um, happy ending. George is now 15, um, still lives with that family member and, um, still comes to see us. Um, he comes, spends the night and mm-hmm. I'm still mama Sue and <laughs> all of that. So that was our first placement. And that is after that, we did, um, rip up our license actually. Oh, yeah. Um, just out of just pure hurt. Yeah. My girls were hurt. My mm-hmm. husband was hurt. And we were like, you know what? This is just too hard. Yeah. Um, so that was one of our placements. And then about a year later, um, again, God's still like, I know I'm supposed to be doing something in foster care. Yeah. And so I meet uh, Michelle Buchanan and um, we start, we decide that we're going to start this nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, I have um, talked to my husband in, <laughs> I say talked to my husband. We agreed on it. I didn't talk him into it, but we did agree that we could open our home back up. We would get relicensed, but that we would open our home back up for respite only. Okay, There's a huge need. There's always a huge need mm-hmm. for respite care. And that's respite care for people that are not, familiar with that term. It's where you will take care of children in foster care for a foster parent to give them a break or whatever. Um, and so we wanted to do that. And I remember a, uh, it, this uh, older couple, they're still foster parents and, um, they're probably in their 60s, 70s, by, by this time, they're probably early seventies, which is crazy to me. 
Um, and they only took babies. And so anyway, we agreed to do respite for her. Um, and we had three that ba- she had three kids under 18 months and, um, we did respite cause we didn't think we could get our hearts broken. That would kind of yeah. keep us from getting our hearts broken. Yeah. And then, um, anyway, long story short, one of those little babies that we did respite for, um, we ended up adopting. So that was kind of, so that placement, I think we had a couple more. We had a temporary placement, um, one time I still remember him. Um, and then after we had adopted, um, our youngest, then we, um, kept our license open and we actually took in an 18 year old Mm -hmm. in the uh, aged out program or I can't remember what they call it at DSS now, but, um, and so, that was just, so that was one of our placements as well. And he actually, we ended up adopting him as an adult too. So, um, there's only like two placements that didn't stay with us forever. And those other two placements were like super temporary. And Mm -hmm. so, okay. Yeah. Um, well, I think that people will be able to relate to, and, and it's nice to see where you did get upset. You did get quote unquote too attached. Oh, and, and, you know, you took the steps back and then, you know, you couldn't be at peace. You knew there were kids that needed you. There were, you knew the, the Lord knew that there were kids that needed you and um, went right back into it. So I'm glad to see that because it's, you know, we have much compassion, but at the same time, too attached. We want you to get too attached, really. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, when, when my family examined why we had left foster care, it was a reason that was all wrapped up in us mm-hmm. and not wrapped up in that child. And yeah. at the end of the day, there's still children that need love and it's not their fault that they're yeah. in this position. And so if you can kind of rise above, oh, I might get too attached to they might get attached yeah. and turn that around um, and love how Michaela put it last week that think about it if it was your kids. Yeah. Wouldn't you mm-hmm. want somebody to step up? And yeah. gosh darn it, I hope somebody would. Mm-hmm. Um, because that breaks my heart to think that um, something where it happened to be my husband and then my children were left orphans. And um, that just, that would break my heart. So Yeah. Okay. Into the next question with, what was the hardest call you received from DSS when you need, when they needed you to take a child? Can you think of one of those times? Um, I was with a private agency mm-hmm. and I do remember a call that I had gotten. Um, and it was, I think an 11 year old girl and, um, she uh, was still in diapers. There was a lot of developmental delays and, um, she couldn't be left alone. She was, mm-hmm. you know, I think she had set the uh, set some things on fire at her past placement. And it just, I knew it was more than what we were equipped to handle, mm-hmm. but it still, um, it broke my heart to be able to, to have to say no. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the things that foster parents have to realize is that you do have to say no. Sometimes mm-hmm. you do have to know your boundaries and your limits and you have to be able to say no. Um, because ultimately if it's not a good fit, you will have to say no 
and by that time you've damaged yeah. the child, you've, mm-hmm. you've, you've ruined another placement for this kid. So I always tell foster parents, know your strengths, know your weaknesses. And those are sad times, especially if you hadn't gotten a call and you've been waiting three months mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And you think, oh, this is the one. Um, just always make sure that that's a good fit for your family. But that did break my heart that we weren't able to uh, help that child. Yeah. Um, I think that brings up a good point as to when you and Michaela were talking last week about, or the week before, um, those tugs on your heart, you say they come every time. Oh, absolutely. And you want to help. But I think that's a very good practical piece of advice that you do know your strengths. You do know your weakness. There might be someone much more equipped um, to handle another case, Absolutely. another load. Absolutely. Um, okay. Did you face opposition from anyone in your family or friend group when you decided to start fostering? I don't think that I did mm-hmm. um, for the most part. I think there were some questions um, about taking in teenage boys when mm-hmm. I had girls there. Mm-hmm. I think some of our friends questioned that, which don't worry, I shot them down real quick. Yeah. And basically told them to mind their own business. Um, just because my family, we knew what we were getting into. Yeah. And we knew all the ins outs. But from somebody that doesn't know foster care, I understand that that would be a concern for them. Mm-hmm. Um, was not a concern for us. Uh, our family was super uh, encouraging. Uh, my mom and dad treated, you know, treat all of all of our placements were treated like their grandchildren. Yeah. So we really didn't have an opposition like that. I think sometimes um, I would get comments from friends like, is that your real child? Is that, and things like that. And that, uh, that probably, that fires me up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're probably not my friends anymore if they say that to yeah. me. <laughs> so, um, but you know what? It's just a time to educate people just oh, to yeah. let them know. And um, educating, sometimes people are afraid to say or what to say to their friends that are foster parents. And so like, do we, do we call them your child? Like what's the story mm-hmm. on him or her or whatever? First of all, don't ever ask that. It's none of your business. And they really can't legally tell you anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but also just uh, treat them like you would their own kids. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's what the kids want. And that's definitely what those foster parents want. They want you to be like, hey, you know, call them your son or call them their daughter or whatever. Yeah. They want to be, the you know, looked at as the same. Yeah. Um, did you ever face um, maybe feeling unequipped when you are faced with the pain that the child's going through and helping them transition? Like, are there any tips and tricks? All the time did I feel ill-equipped. All the time. All the time. Um, One of the things that was difficult uh, with George was if there was going to be a visit with his biological mom and um, if biological mom did not show up. Um, that was really hard for him, even at that young age. Mm -hmm. And so feeling ill-equipped to, well, I'm required to take him to this visit. Um, so we were just, I was able to actually go to DSS and say, Hey, this is kind of traumatic for him. And I mean, cause in the back seat, he would, he would say to me, why doesn't my mama love me? Mm -hmm. Because he knew when he showed up to that building, his mama was supposed to be there. And if Mm -hmm. she wasn't there, he got upset. Yeah. So I just, I mean, I think foster parents need to know that you have the right and the power to make suggestions. And mm-hmm. if you see that that's damaging to the child and it was very damaging to his little heart, I just said, hey, how about this? Uh, 
me and George will always be close by when the visit's scheduled. And as soon as you see her, um, call us and yeah. I'll zip over there. Yeah. Um, that way there's no trauma. And that's what we started doing. And yeah. it worked out great. That's and brilliant. So, um, yeah. And I think now uh, the court is a little bit uh, stricter on visit and like how they, you know, yeah. maintain that or whatever. But for me, it was just, okay, well, let's, let's try and fix this for him. Yeah. And DSS was very uh, accommodating and wanted to make sure that his little heart was protected yeah. as well. Well, that's good. And there's no harm in asking, even if it might not be granted or look how you want it to. Asking is a big deal. See what you can see what they can do. They get, always say no. Yeah, exactly. I but then they might people, say, but mm-hmm. we can do this. Exactly. I always yeah. say ask. Good grief. Lisa, these Carolinas would not be around if I had not asked <laughs> some people for some things. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that also leads us right into the next question of where did your passion and vision for Lisa these Carolinas come from and or start? Um, well, I think it started with that first placement, but also um, understanding what foster parents have, um, the support they have or the lack thereof, and then also understanding what the kids have or they don't have. And everybody is like, oh, foster parents get paid. Well, you know what? If you can raise a child on what they pay you, I have more power to you. Yeah. But um, it does not cover everything that a child needs. Mm -hmm. And so just up close and personal seeing that I knew that I wanted to do something more. And um, Michelle Buchanan and I had met and she was a foster parent. And I think her and I kind of had the same like, okay, we don't have any more room for any more kids. So we either got to get more people on board with us and are on board with the mission and, and, and we need to serve these kids. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where at least these Carolinas was birthed was out of our hearts of wanting to do more. Um, I advocate and a huge ha- passion for getting more foster parents as, as did Michelle. And so um, that's a large part of what we do too, is advocate for more foster parents mm-hmm. to get more in um, involved. Um, Cause in Gaston County, um, 433 kids and um, 49 Gaston County licensed home, but total 175. But you do the math. There's not enough homes um, for these children to be in. And so I think that we both felt like, well, if we advocate and educate, then we have created more homes for children than our homes could ever hold. Yeah. And so that's really where Lisa, these Carolinas Mm -hmm. kind of like, what can we do through an organization to raise more awareness and to get more homes for the kids and to serve these kids? Because all of our programs are all based around the kids, the kids first, not the foster parents, even though I love foster parents, I think they're great. But if, if what a foster parent is asking for is not going to meet the need of a kid and it's not in their best interest, then we, we really don't want to have anything to do with it. We're, we're for the kids. Absolutely. And I think that it gives me a different perspective on be the difference coming up um, as that core value and really what you kind of started on carries into today, almost 10 years later, we're having an event solely to raise awareness. Yeah. To, to get more people involved with the mission. Yeah. So buy tickets and tell people about it and just know that we will take a love offering. But Lisa, these Carolinas doesn't make a ton of money mm-hmm. on this Be the Difference concert, even though it does cost a good bit of money. Thankfully, our sponsors um, kick in and help us with that. 
but it's just such a core value, like you said, of ours. And it's so important to me that we get more foster families. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you're listening to the podcast and you're with a private agency, we don't care. We want private agencies there, um, to recruit because, um, first of all, Mac Powell has adopted himself. Mm -hmm. And so what a huge voice he has to lend to that, but also, um, the need is now. And so th- what the beauty of be the difference is anybody that comes to that concert, they're going to be surrounded by agencies that can help them help children in foster care. Yeah. And maybe you don't want to foster or maybe you don't think you can. Well, maybe you could be a voice for a child in court mm-hmm. and you could be a guardian ad litem. Mm-hmm. We're going to have guardian ad litem volunteers out there. We're going to have um, we'll be out there. There's tons of ways to volunteer with us and you don't have to be a foster parent. Um, but I am a firm believer that every single person can do something for a child in foster care. Mm-hmm. Um, you just kind of have to be creative and figure out what your something might be. I mean, honestly, your something may be every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm, uh, I'm going to pray for children yeah. in foster care. Yeah. Every Tuesday, I'm going to pray for the judges that mm-hmm. whatever that I mean. And people are like, oh, well, yeah, um, we want you if you can pray for these kids and if you will commit to that, not if you're just going to say that in passing, but if you're really going to commit to pray for these kids and pray for the foster care system, that's a crucial, crucial part Absolutely, yeah. of, of this piece and, and things that we're doing. So, mm-hmm. um, but even if your part is something else, I'm trying to think of a unique way some of our partners help us mm-hmm. um, that you may think it's not really that helpful. Yeah. Um, can you think of some? Well, my, the volunteers that come in, um, we have ladies who write letters to um, DSS workers, mm-hmm. um, encouraging them. We we really do different parts. We have a catering company that cooks meals and then freezes them for us. And then we bring them into our deep freezer for foster parents to use. Um we want to kind of hit, we fill in the gaps. That's what I always say when I give tours and things is that we're really filling in gaps and they can be part of those gaps where you don't even know that that's making a huge difference. Um, but the catering company, the lady who talks between us and the catering company, she's a volunteer mm-hmm. and we could not have frozen meals to give out to foster parents if she did not help us um, with that. Um, let's see what else. There are. There are so many. We, we have just people here all the time helping and and people we can call um, people in construction. That's, oh, yeah. that's helpful when we um, when we were moving into the building. Would this building be as awesome as, as it was if we didn't have wonderful partners who know how to wield a hammer? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. And so whatever you, you may have a talent that God's given you and you think, well, how could I use that? for children in foster care. Mm-hmm. Well, all you really have to do is call me and I'll yes. figure it out. <laughs> yes, we will. have put some Eagle Scouts to work and they've built mm-hmm. us some things. And there's usually something we can do um, to use the talent God's given you. Yeah. Um, so just yeah. try us out. Yeah, because it is, I mean, this is, these kids are living their life and that encompasses all aspects of life. Absolutely. And so we're working diligently to, to, you know, meet the needs where those different aspects of life take you and needs arise. Mm-hmm. So you would definitely find a place here to help. And our very last question is, what advice do you have for our listeners who may be on the fence about beginning their foster care journey? Whether that be, and we touched on that just now, but whether that be in foster parents or 
someone who wants to learn more. We, we have resources for them to learn more about it as well. But what piece of advice would you give? Well, I would say if you're thinking about being a foster parent, um, there is on our website um, 911 to foster care. And it mm-hmm. kind of answers those questions like, um, what are the bare minimum requirements to be a foster parent? You mm-hmm. know, um, can I be single and be a foster parent? Those kind of questions are answered there. Mm-hmm. And then also it's a he- good resource for um, who you should get licensed through. Um, a lot of people don't understand that you don't have to get licensed through your county, even though that's a great way to do that. But there's a ton of private agencies that you can get licensed through mm-hmm. as well. And so what I always challenge people is, is if you think you want to be a foster parent, the very most important decision you're going to make, aside from saying yes, is what agency you're going to go with. Okay. And so I would would encourage you to if you're thinking about going with an agency then talk to some of their foster parents yeah. um an agency that supports their foster parents they that's a good agency mm-hmm. you want an agency that's going to support you um in what in what you're trying to do um so i would say find out more information come to be the difference um schedule an appointment and come by here we'll talk to you about it um we have several agencies that do trainings right here in our office. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some agencies that will come to your home and do trainings. So there's all kinds of ways to get trained. Um, and honestly, if I'm not going to talk you into being a foster parent, nine times out of 10, I'm going to try and talk you out of it. Mm-hmm. Cause I always believe yeah. if, if I can talk you out of it, you probably weren't made to be a foster yeah. parent. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. let me try and talk you out of it. Um, <laughs> if you're like, no, I'm still going to do it. Yeah, exactly. For you. <laughs> exactly. Volunteer at bridge camp, because yes. if you think, Oh, I don't know about these kids, mm-hmm. they may be a little wild. Mm-hmm. Um, come to bridge camp and meet some of these kids. Yep. Um, of course you have to have a full background check and all of that and you have to mm-hmm. sign up through Abby, our volunteer yes. coordinator. But that is one way to um, meet the kids and make an informed decision um, pray about it. Um, if you're part of a local church, talk to your pastor about it. Find out if there's any other foster families in your community. Mm-hmm. Go on Facebook and say, do any of my friends foster parent? Mm-hmm. And then if you have any friends that foster parent, check with them, talk yeah. to them. Um, there's a lot of foster. One, one thing I do know about foster parents is they love to tell you about yep. foster parenting mm-hmm. and they want to help you make a good decision. And yep. they, they'll tell you the truth about it too. So. Absolutely. Okay, well, any closing remarks to make? No, um, this has been interesting. Uh, and it was. I'm kind of excited because next week, I think, are you going to interview Selena? Selena Johnson. <gasps> You're the- up next. Thanks for joining us today for Foster Carolinas. Were you inspired by something you heard today? Well, We want to encourage you to make the next step, whatever that is. Everyone can do something for children in foster care. If you're not sure where to start, go to our website at www.lotcarolinas.com and see what you can do.